0: Recorded live.
1: Today we're going to be discussing Roman numeral 2 in the creation stage, the corruption of all things, Genesis 3 through 5. We will not get all the way through this, but we will go as far as we can. Okay, the corruption of all things, Genesis 3 through 5. We're going to discuss in passing the gap theory, which places the fall of Satan between Genesis 1 1 and 1 2. However, Moses appears to place it between the second and third chapters of Genesis. And the background material that would help support this theorem is Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And those are chapters, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Okay, Under section 2, go ahead and put Roman numeral or A. And the subtlety of Satan, Genesis 3, one. He speaks through the serpent. Eve is tempted to disobey God by the devil who talks with her through the serpent's body. Adam and Eve could apparently communicate with the animal kingdom prior to the fall in ways totally unknown to us today. Now, I do believe that part of that as the fall, and and I don't know if Alan would back this up, but at least in my studies, I believe not only did they gain knowledge from the tree, but they also lost certain abilities, and I think one of those was direct communication with animals, you know, kind of like Dr. Doolittle type deal, Um, because it's mentioned in a couple of places in the Old Testament text. Prior to the fall, the serpent was not only the most intelligent creature of all, but perhaps the most beautiful also. It is clear from the later account in 3.14, and when I use these numbers, this is referring to Genesis unless I say otherwise, okay, that the serpent did not crawl as it does today. It may even have had wings and stood upright. Think about some of the early creatures in the, quote, dinosaur time, and what did one of them look like?
0: A winged demon. Okay.
1: Okay. So uh, the serpent is the first of three creatures besides man which speaks in the Bible. For the other two, see Numbers twenty-two, twenty-eight, where an ass speaks. I didn't know Hillary was there. Huh. And Revelation, <laughs> Revelations eight, thirteen, where an eagle speaks. From this point on, the serpent becomes a symbol for treachery and sin. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are all like the deaf adder to stop her ear psalms fifty eight four ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape damnation of hell matthew twenty three thirty three and the great dragon word dragon, think about that, was cast out that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him revelation twelve nine and he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years okay now these things that these things right here, under each of these letters just go to back up what the title of the letter is, okay, so yeah. we're gonna go ahead and move on to number two. So, so far, you've got Roman numeral two, which is the corruption of all things. You have letter A, the subtlety of Satan. Under that, you've got one, then, which we just went through, and now number two. One is he speaks through the serpent. Number two is he begins by doubting God's word.
0: Mark's talking about.
1: Okay, number two, he begins by doubting God's word. Yea, hath God said, now these are, remember, when I give the scripture, unless I give the actual book, it's referring to Genesis. Okay, 3 1, you'll want to check Genesis 3 1. And for time purposes, I'm going to skip reading some of this, but Eve now foolishly attempts to match her wits with the devil. No child of God should even try this. We are to resist him. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, James 4, 7, but never, and and here's the the key to this, but never to debate him. Be sober and vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James four seven. Okay. To make matters worse in all this, okay, uh, the, even with the doubting, you've got Eve adds to God's word during the debate three three. God did not tell her to touch the fruit, or God did not tell her not to touch the fruit. The devil laughs with hellish glee when he can trick someone into either adding or subtracting from God's word. Obviously, if you add or subtract, what happens? Food for thought. For I testify, excuse me, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and ye be found a liar. Proverbs 35 and 6. For I testify unto every man, That here's the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of this book of prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the Lamb's book, out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from which things are written in this book, Revelations 22, 18, and 19. Number three, he ends by denying God's word. And the serpent said, Ye shall not surely die, 3-4. Are there any lies in the Bible? There are indeed, and here here is the first one. God told Adam and Eve they would die if they disobeyed. But Satan says that they will not. It should, of course, be quickly noted that while the Bible certainly teaches no lies whatsoever, it does on occasion faithfully record the lies of both sinners, Saul, for example, 1 Samuel 15 and 20, and saints, David, Samuel, 1 Samuel 21, 2. Many centuries later, the Apostle John would warn all believers to beware of three deadly temptations. These are very important, and you should write them down: 1. The lust of the flesh, 2. The lust of the eyes, 3. The pride of life. First John two fifteen through seventeen, in the garden Satan now subjects Eve to all three. These are going to be important letters. If you're keeping an outline, it is little letter A. Okay, the woman saw the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh. B, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes. And three, and a tree. That would make one wise, the pride of life. Our Lord would later be tempted in a simple manner by the devil in the wilderness. Matthew 4, 3-10. For those of you that are taking notes or trying to take notes or wondering why I'm going so fast, this is being recorded so you can go back and, and listen to this at any point in time. Okay, now these next three letters, lowercase a, b, and c, are from the desert. Command that these stones be made bread, lust of the flesh. Satan shows him all the kingdoms of the world, lust of the eyes. Cast thyself down from the pinnacle of the temple, for he shall give his angels charge concerning you, pride of life. Satan's work in Genesis 3 and 5, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil." In one sense, Satan's promises were true. Their eyes were opened, and they did know good and evil, but not as God did. Thus, a half-truth presented as the whole truth is an untruth. Okay? Mark that down. Because that's very important. A half-truth presented as the whole truth is an untruth. God wanted Adam to know that the, what good is, and what evil would be, but instead he now would discover what the evil was, and what the good would have been. Instead of recognizing the evil from the summit of the good, they now must recognize the good from the abyss of evil. Often experience is not the best teacher, for sometimes the tuition is too expensive. I liked that. I liked that. I had that marked in here from when we originally went through this. Letter B. This is capital B in our outline. The sin of Adam. Number one, he becomes the first human sinner. Okay? Chronologically, Eve did eat first. But theologically, Adam is declared by the New Testament to be. The original center. Does anybody know why that is?
0: Head of household, basically.
1: Okay. Goes a little broader than that. Anybody else want to take a guess before we move on? He was the head of the human race. Okay. Now, for the biblical scripture to go with that, Romans five twelve and second corinthians 11, 3. 1 Timothy two and fourteen Roman or number two, he attempts at first to hide his nakedness before God, three seven apparently, some drastic change occurred concerning Adam's physical as well as his spiritual condition. It may be that the bodies of Adam and Eve were at creation covered with a soft light of innocence. Our Lord was clothed with a light brighter than the sun during his transfiguration, Matthew 17:2. But now this protection is gone. In a desperate effort to correct the situation, they had sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, 3, 7. We now have the first example of man-made religion in history. Religion is any attempt to clothe ourselves apart from the righteousness of God. Adam and Eve tried it with fig leaves. Men today try it with education, church membership, baptism, tithing, confirmation, good works, and etc. But all to no avail. That's backed up with Isaiah sixty-four six. Number three. He attempts, at last, to hide himself from God. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, 3.8. This is the ultimate tragic result of sin. It not only separates man from God, but makes him actually desire to hide from God. I'm going to repeat that, because that one is very important. It not only separates man from God, but makes him actually desire to hide from God. But this cannot be done. O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee, Psalm 69, 5. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence, Psalms 139, 7. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered, and shall not be revealed and hid. That shall not be known matthew ten twenty six uh, revelation six fifteen and seventeen also deal with that the redemption of God up to this this is number C or letter c, the redemption of God up to this point, we have seen only those attributes of God directly involved in his creative acts. these would include his power and wisdom. In this chapter, however, after man's sin, we are introduced to his redemptive attributes, those of his holiness and grace. And under letter C, we're going to put number one his holiness as God deals with sin. God now pronounces a fivefold judgment sentence A upon the man. 317. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. God is careful never to put a curse on Adam. He curses the serpent, Satan, and the soil, but not mankind. The reason, of course, is that he desired to redeem man and therefore would not curse that which he planned to later save. Even so, the unsaved man can expect nothing good in this life apart from Christ. Yet man is born unto trouble as sparks fly upward job five seven man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble <laughs> job fourteen one b upon the woman three sixteen in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. It should be noting noted that the suffering of childbirth is not so much a direct judgment from God but rather an indirect result of sin. Sin always causes suffering. Sickness, separation, and sorrow. Okay. C. Upon all nature. 318. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth. From this point on, man's paradise becomes a wilderness. The roses now contain thorns, and the docile tiger suddenly becomes a hungry meat-eater. This will continue to be the case until the curse is lifted during the millennium. In the New Testament, Paul writes about it all in Romans 8:19 through 22. Okay. For time purposes, I'm not going to read it, but write that down, Romans 8:19 through 22. At this point, that immutable scientific principle called the second law of thermodynamics came into being. This law states that when energy is being transferred from one state to another, some of it is turned into heat energy, which cannot be converted back into useful form. In other words, the universe may be looked upon as a wound-up clock that is slowly running down. This law is expanded on in Psalms 102.26 and Hebrews 1.10-12. Hebrews what?
0: Hebrew one 10 through 10-12. Okay. D,
1: Upon the Serpent, 314. God said unto the serpent, Upon thy belly shall thy go. The serpent is not offered a chance to explain its actions as God allowed Adam and Eve to do. Judgment is passed out immediately, for lending its body to Satan, the serpent was cursed to crawl in the dust from that point on. Isaiah indicates that this judgment will continue to be binding until the serpent, upon the serpent, even during the millennium. The wolf and the lamb shall feed, shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy. In all my holy mountains, saith the Lord, Isaiah sixty-five twenty-five. E. Upon the devil, and I will put enmity, excuse me, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis three fifteen. At first glance, this verse would merely seem to predict the nature, the natural hatred of man for snakes. But for centuries, devout Bible students have seen a far more precious and profound truth underlying these words. For in this verse, they claim to see no less than the thrilling prediction of the cross and the resurrection of the Savior's great victory over Satan. Theologically, then, verse 15 may be translated as follows and there will be intense hatred between Satan and Christ. Eventually, Christ will crush the head of Satan while suffering a heel wound in the process. This all-important verse is known as the Proto-Evangel. Okay? P-R-O-T-O hyphen E-V-A-N-G-E-L
0: The First Gospel. Alan, write that down.
1: Okay, now this one gets, yeah, that that one's going to require a whole new line of things, so, so we're going to come back to that one. Okay, now we're moving on to number two, and if you're following an outline form, this is still under capital letter C, okay? His grace as God deals with sinners. Okay, and what we'll do is we're going to go on up to D, and then we'll stop there. I know we're still lacking through, but there's quite a bit of material to cover, and then we'll stop there and talk about it a little bit and then be off to see designated survivor. Under 2, you're going to put small a, and it's going to be in seeking out Adam. So His grace as God deals with sinners. Is number two Sub Point in Seeking Out Adam three nine and the Lord God called unto Adam Sometimes foolish and wicked college professors tell their students that the Bible is simply a record of man's search after God, but it is instead the opposite. The Bible is a record of God's search after man. Here God takes the first step in reconciling man back to Himself. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Although they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isaiah 118. Ho, every one of those that thirsts, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come, buy, and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore... Ye spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor for which satisfies not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. <laughs> I got that covered. Incline your ear and come unto me, here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Isaiah fifty five one three. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. John seven thirty seven and thirty eight. And the only thing that flows out of my stomach is heartburn and acid reflux. So if that's the water, take it back. <laughs> And in the, and the spirit need and the apple say, vinegar. <laughs> and the spirit and the bride say come, and let him that hears say come, and let him that is athirst thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Revelation twenty two seventeen. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke nineteen ten. Now we're going to be in promising them a Savior three fifteen. See, in clothing them. God made coats of skins and clothed them. Although we are not specifically told so, it would seem probable that some innocent animal had to die so that Adam and his wife might be clothed. Thus, here we have the first example of that great biblical doctrine, the innocent dying for the guilty. Now that's awful interesting. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every one his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of all of us. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. For Christ also once suffered for sins and just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death, In the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. 1 Peter 3 and 18. But we are all as an unclean thing, and our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Isaiah 64, 6. D. This is lowercase d for those of you that heard me say we were going to stop at D in removing them from the Garden of Eden, 324. So he drove out man. Man's expulsion from Eden by God was really an act of mercy rather than judgment. As we are told in 322, God did this to prevent mankind from partaking of the tree of life and living forever in immortality. Adolf Hitler killed himself a few days after reaching his 56th birthday. Yet during his brief lifespan, he was directly responsible for the slaughter of literally millions of human beings by shooting, bombing, hanging, burning, gassing, and other forms of torture and death too horrible to mention. But what if this Nazi monster had lived to be five hundred or even five thousand? Or worse still, what if he could have lived forever? This is why God drove Adam from Eden. He placed cherubiums and a flaming sword around the garden, 324. The cherubims are apparently a special kind of angelic being who concern themselves with matters relating to the holiness of God, Exodus 25, 18-22, Ezekiel 10, 1-20, and Revelations 4, 6-8. This is the first of two kinds of angels mentioned in the Bible. The other kind are known as the seraphims.
0: See Isaiah 6 for that one. In the year the king Isaiah
1: died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke, Isaiah 6, 1 and 4. To keep keep the way of the tree of life, 324. At this point, the tree of life disappears from the pages of the Bible. It reappears once again during the millennial and eternal age. And he showed me a pure river of water, of life, clear as crystal, Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, and in the midst of the street of, excuse me, in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruit and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Revelations twenty two one and two. And that's where we're going to stop. Okay. Actually, what time is it? Nine twenty two. Do you all want to go ahead and just finish this up so that we've got Roman numeral three next week? Yes. Or have I just run through everybody so quick that nobody knows what I'm talking about? No,
0: I don't. Know. Continue. Okay.
1: Continue it, I shall. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Here we go. Okay. The martyrdom of Abel. Now, as you notice, we're transitioning into a whole new section now. We're still in Genesis, obviously, but we're going to be transitioning from the Adam and Eve. They're still going to be here, but they're not going to be the focal point from here forward, okay? Is
0: this another letter, or?
1: This is capital letter D. Okay. And I promise you, I will start getting copies of this out to everybody. I apologize that I haven't so far. Today was I ended up somewhere a little longer than we expected. Okay, under capital letter D, which is the martyrdom of Abel, this is going to be Genesis 4. Okay. okay. Number one. This is the, le- the number one under D, capital D. Eve gives birth to Cain and exclaims, I have gotten a man... From the Lord, for one. Here, she apparently felt this baby was the fulfillment of Genesis three fifteen. She would soon know differently, for Abel is then born. For two, the birth of these two babies illustrates the four, the fourth of four methods God has chosen to bring human beings into the world. Okay. Now this is going to be little letter A through D as I tell you what these are. Adam, born without father or mother. B, Eve, born without a mother. C, Christ, who was born without a father. And you know Joseph had to be mad. D, all others, both with father and mother. Number two. Cain brings a bloodless offering to God and is rejected. 4.5 Not only was the sacrifice bloodless, but it had already been cursed by God. Therefore, Cain added insult to injury. 3.17 Cain may have thought it to be far more refined and cultured to bring fresh fruit and vegetables rather than a bloody animal offering, but not so. For the good lord above likes him a good steak just saying
0: <laughs>
1: there is a way which seems right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death proverbs 14:12 we have in this verse the first plank of that great scriptural platform of truth that without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin okay you can find that in Leviticus 17.11 and Hebrews 9.22. And next time, Alan, that Ashley cuts you, she's going to use this scripture.
0: Exactly.
1: I'm just saying. Almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Okay, This is all still under number two. Abel offers a Lamb sacrifice and is accepted. 4-4 The Highway to the Cross. Now this is an op-ed piece by Dr. Barnhouse who teaches at Liberty and has no sense of humor whatsoever. The Highway to the Cross was now firmly established. Here the first Lamb is seen. One Lamb for one man. Later, as the Passover, there would be one Lamb for one household. Exodus 12 Then, on the Day of Atonement, There will be one sacrifice for the nation. That's Leviticus 16. Finally, it is Christ who takes away the sin of the world. John 1.29 This was God's way, then, of illustrating the awesome power of the bleeding lamb. One lamb saves a man, then a household, then a nation, and finally is available through the Lamb of God for the whole world. Number three. Cain slays his brother. Cain now becomes the first murderer. Four eight. He also becomes the first human liar. Four nine. Cain number four. Cain is driven from the blessings of God. He marries one of his sisters. Four seventeen and five four. And dwells in the land of Nod. Okay, here are some facts concerning the first civilization. A. Cain builds the first city and names it Enoch, after his own son, which means dedication. This urban project was no doubt an attempt to counteract God's curse in 412. Lamech, Cain's great-great-great-grandson, becomes 1. The first recorded polygamist, 419. 2 the first recorded songwriter. The word speech in 423 may refer to poem or ballad or psalm. Three, the second recorded murderer, 423. Jabal becomes the inventor of the tent and developer of the nomadic lifestyle. He also devised formal systems for domesticating and commercially producing animals apart from sheep. His name means wanderer. <laughs> For those of you who are going to get a crack out of this one, it's 420 is the verse. Jabal becomes the inventor of both stringed and wind musical instruments. His name means sound. Tabal Cain becomes the inventor of metallurgy, both in bronze and iron, 422. Now we're going to capital letter E, the ministry of Enoch. He is one of two men who was said to have walked with God before the flood. The other was Noah, C6-9. Note, it does not say he walked with God, however, until his first son, Methuselah, was born. In the Hebrew language, the name Methuselah literally means, when he is dead, it shall be sent. Did you imagine having that name? Why Enoch, no. why did, <laughs> rot? why did Enoch walk with God? Because God had apparently told him that when Methuselah died, the world was going to be destroyed by a terrible flood. Excuse me. I'm sorry, this is probably why Methuselah lived longer than any man in the history of the world, 969 years, by the way. Wow. For God was not willing that any should perish and was giving sinful mankind as as much time as possible to repent. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter three nine. Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth? 1 Timothy 2, four. Number two. Enoch was the first recorded preacher, and he preached on the coming judgment. In Jude one fourteen and 15, we actually have his recorded messages. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, Prophesied these things, saying, "Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands, ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them Of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and for all hard think for all hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him." And it's all about that ungodly word back in the day, huh?
0: Number
1: two. Excuse me. Number three. I do apologize. Enoch was a man of great faith. Hebrew 11.5 By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation... He had this testimony that he pleased God. But just how did Enoch demonstrate this great faith ascribed to him? Well, here was a preacher who fervently spoke of Christ's second coming centuries before his first coming had taken place. You know that had to be rough. Enoch was one of two human beings who got to heaven without dying physically. Anybody know who the other one is? Wasn't it Moses? Anybody else want to give it a shot? Alan, you want to give it a shot?
0: Uh, hold on. Sorry, we are discussing the niceties of what we've got Mary. going in the, the week. What was the question?
1: question is, who is the second person that has not experienced death but is in the heavens? Mary. Enoch, being, Enoch being one, who is the second? Ezekiel. Okay, we shall see. Behold I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. First Corinthians fifteen, fifty one and fifty
0: two. For the we Lord is our answer to Elijah. I'm sorry? Elijah. That is,
1: that is the correct answer.
0: Thank you. I had to give him a history lesson.
1: For the Lord himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians 4:16 and 17. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, in time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, Alan won't be there. Anyway, <laughs> that gets. <laughs> He's sitting there going. <laughs>
0: anyway,
1: that gets us up to number three.
0: To be honest, we haven't really been listening uh, for the last five seconds.
1: <laughs> Don't worry. I didn't figure he was listening anyway. Heaven forbid he should learn something. Uh,
0: We are having a very good marriage counseling talk right now.
1: Marriage counseling?
0: Yeah, we're having some issues.
1: Oh. Well, I am a pastoral counselor, certified born and bred. I'm listening.
0: Well, I need some popcorn first.
1: Oh.
0: And not right.
1: oh, that is true. We are recording. All right. Does anybody have any questions over the vast amount of material we covered in approximately 40 minutes?
0: Yep. For,
1: those of you, for those of you that were trying to keep notes that wasn't able to keep up with all the scriptural references or whatnot, feel free to go back and listen to this recording. Share it with your friends, neighbors, cousins, uncles. Okay. Now, hopefully by next week, I won't guarantee it, but hopefully by next week, I'll have the next section out to everybody that wants it.
0: I'm just kidding. Our marriage is fine.
1: We understand. Y'all were just not listening because y'all were involved in something else. I get it. Everybody else probably wasn't listening either. Anyway, and Trisha's going to pop yeah, in. I, I was.
0: I was, too. I got pages and notes to prove it.
1: So uh, I know we're covering some of this quickly tonight because, well, just to be honest, Designated Survivors on in a few minutes, and we had to make sure we're done. <laughs> but uh, those of you that... On Saturdays, tune in. We're going to continue our series that we're working on. We're working on two different series. we do one on Tuesdays normally where we're following the chronological stages of the Bible. Currently, we're in the creation stage. And um, believe it or not, we're actually about to be out of the creation stage. All
0: right.
1: We're going to go... There's some questions and answers that we're going to be doing, we're going to be talking about for Genesis 1 through 11. Um, And then we're going to move into the next stage up is the patriarchal stage. But um, I'm not going to go over the question and answer part about Genesis 1 through 11. If anybody's interested, I will, at the time I can, get this out to you. That would be good. You can go over it in your own time. I'll I'll post it somewhere or send it to you, however, uh, because there's probably thirty pages or more of questions and answers that people—it's good stuff to know. We got tested on it three or four times. It was kind of annoying, but now that I go back and think about it, it was positively entertaining. And the patriarchal stage. After we finish up, we've got we've got section three or Roman numeral 3, then we're going to go into Roman numeral 4, and that will finish up the creation stage, and then we will move into the patriarchal stage. That will take us all the way through Genesis 12, take us from Genesis 12 through 50, and into the book of Job. Now, the patriarchal stage is fairly long, and then, within probably two to three weeks, we'll move into the Exodus stage. And the Exodus stage will be that covers that covers Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Then after that, we get into some interesting stuff and lesser-known stuff, by the way. Oh. I have a
0: question. Yeah. If Ezekiel was the second person that attended dying, he wasn't.
1: The time, he wasn't.
0: Okay. All right. Well. It was,
1: it was Enoch and Elisha.
0: Elijah. Okay. Um, not to
1: be confused with Elijah.
0: Okay. But Moses didn't die. He he ascended. You think? No.
1: Moses did die. That was his punishment.
0: We're not getting into the Promised Land.
1: Yep, he was allowed to look over the promised land. He was allowed to see it right before they entered it, and then he was like worm dirt shortly thereafter. Oh, okay. And we're still recording, and I should not have said worm dirt. I do apologize. He was a corpse. Okay. Alan, even though you weren't paying attention and you deserve to be in the corner with five wraps of the ruler, (laughs) close this out
0: both
1: us out yes you know that whole prayer thing
0: yes let us let us bow our heads heavenly father we thank you for the opportunity to come together and study your word to learn more about you to learn more about your story about who you are what you have in store for us and the amazing awesomeness that is you lord let us take this knowledge that we have gained and apply it, not in not just in our everyday lives, but in our interactions with, with you and with those around us. Lord, we thank you for all the things that you blessed us with. Continue to bless us, keep us, and watch us as we go along each day. All this we ask in your son's precious name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.